Welcome to the Fit40 Podcast, where we take all the confusing, conflicting fitness and nutrition information and break it down so that you can live your healthiest, strongest, most energized life. I'm your host, Brian Fitzsimmons. Let's get it started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back for another episode of the Fit40 Podcast. We have another awesome guest this week. We got PJ Street. This guy's been in the game for 25 years. He knows his stuff. Certified coach nutritionally with NASM. He's an author of the 60 Second Sweat and featured health and fitness correspondent for 700 WLW Radio in Cincy, Ohio. And honestly, I just can't wait to pick this guy's brain. He's got a ton of great stuff. I've been following him on Instagram. We speak a very similar language here. I know you guys are going to get a ton out of this discussion. So PJ, welcome. Brian, thanks for having me, man. Looking forward to this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I love when uh, a guest comes on, like just starting from what got you into it, because everybody seems to have a very unique story. Like what is your story mm-hmm. of how you got into the whole fitness game for yourself and then for other people. Yeah, sure. So when I was a kid, I was infatuated with pro wrestling. Um, and, you know, just lived and breathed pro wrestling, had had the ring, had all the wrestling dolls. I just sold all those, actually, believe it or not. Uh, oh. But, you know, I was all into Hulk Hogan. I had somebody, my mom bought me a uh, Hulk Hogan plastic dumbbell set. And you got like, you got the headband, the Hulkster headband and like, <laughs> two plastic dumbbells and like a belt. And I was like a motivational cassette tape at the time. That's how old I am. Um, you know, it was the Hulkster with, with motivational messages. And I put the tape in and put the headband on and, you know, there was like a little workout chart and, you know, that's, that's how I got into, to, to the fitness thing. Cause I wanted to look like Hogan and Lex Luger and, you know, Rick Rude and all those guys. And uh, that's kind of how it started. And then, um, you know, I, I eventually, wandered down to the, my parents dungeon of a basement and we had like the uh you know the uh sporting goods store uh sand weight you know uh barbell set the chintzy bench and the thin bar and i'd go down there and putt around and you know it was kind of a very spartan environment and i would you know try to bench press and do curls and stuff um but then what really um got me hooked on this was in, I, I played basketball my whole life. And uh, when I was 11, 12 years old, I was actually, I was like six foot one. And when I was 11, I just sized 14 shoe. Oh, you're everybody's going, favorite player. <laughs> yeah. So I'm still six foot one at 45, but um, you know, I was heavily in, involved in the youth basketball scene, the AAU circuit and all that stuff. And um, the high school I decided to go to, I'd say it was the first high school in the country. And I'll keep in mind, this is 19, I don't know, 92 or so. We were probably the first high school in the country. I'm sure there were other ones, but but I'm sure we were one of the only ones that had a full-time strength and conditioning coach uh, and a, a dedicated athletic weight room. You know, it was like a, a 5,000 square foot, you know, it was all outfitted in hammer strength. And I mean, we had you know, everything you could possibly think of in there. So that's, that's kind of when, you know, I was put on a structured program and quickly I, mean, I just got bit, man. Like I was, I, I took to it. Um, I had great instruction. I was on a structured program early on at, you know, 15 years old. And I quickly started to put on good functional body weight. And I was all of a sudden like the strongest guy on the team, like sophomore year, I benched 260 and I was like in like the 
athletic booster bulletin. So I was like, I can kind of identify as is like the strongest guy on the team. And my basketball skills were, uh, were decent. Um, at a young age, I was, you know, I, I, I could dunk a basketball at 12 and I was just, but then I stopped growing and I had to learn a guard skill set. Uh, so I was a very, very good, I started and we were, I was on great teams, you know, state semifinal teams, but basket college basketball, which was my goal was probably not my future unless it was like at a division three level. And I didn't really want to do that. But by the time I got out of high school, I was full fledged into fitness and strength and conditioning. Um, I mean, I was going, you know, I went to Miami university in Oxford, Ohio. Um, I started volunteering in, in, you know, the, uh, strength and conditioning department. Um, I was going to strength and conditioning seminars, volunteering to help. I was hearing all these amazing strength coaches at the time, you know, from Michigan state, Notre Dame, and, you know, West Virginia. And I just soaked up everything, uh, everything you could possibly think of, uh, graduated with a degree in exercise physiology and, uh, then when interned at Notre Dame, you know, obviously my track was to be a strength and conditioning coach uh, at the collegiate or pro level. And uh, after doing my internship at Notre Dame, this was back in the days where strength coaches weren't getting paid two and a half million dollars a year. Right. Um, yeah. And I saw that the career path was like you were going to starve to death and work your way up at small universities. And hopefully, you know, the head guy gets hired somewhere big and you go with him and then maybe you get the job. And I thought, ah, by I, I think I want to go into personal training. And by that time, you know, in the summers in college, I was already personal training gen pop people. Yeah. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to make a go of this. And at, um, I guess at, uh, you know, age 22, I was starting to build up a, a really big local personal training clientele in Cincinnati. Um, I eventually opened up a small 700 square foot studio in a really great area of town, very wealthy part of town. Uh, I, I killed it there, eventually outgrew that studio, moved in, you know, that's when the, that's when the warehouse, this is like 2011, the warehouse type gyms were getting popular. So I, I got mm -hmm. industrial space and that was a really cool spot. No air conditioning. That was the big draw and no heat either for that matter. Okay. So the summer the balls hot and the winters were deathly cold, but it was, it was me, you know, I put my stamp on it, um, and had a, you know, pe people loved it. I mean, it was a pop in place. Uh, but by 2016, I think, you know, you, you do 40, 50 personal training sessions a week for eight, 10 years and you're burnt. <laughs> I mean, you're just burnt. Uh, and I also, more than that, Brian, though, I, I, I had a vision to where, you know, when you're a personal trainer, people come in and they work out with you one to three, maybe four times a week. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're making good money, but you know, it's, it's more, they come in, put through a hard workout, you know, and that's it. And I kind of said, you know what, I could be doing so much more here for these people. And I, I want people to get a lot more out of this. Um, you know, I want to be able to provide a nutrition intervention. I want accountability. I want to teach people habits. And, and by that time I was really starting to get into you know, behavior change. Why do some people do what they say they're going to do and other people don't? So I kind of wanted to take all that and put it into one, one comprehensive system to where I also didn't have to frigging be getting up at 430 in the morning and getting home at eight o'clock at night and working weekends and watching people do frigging lunges and fucking dumbbell rows all day. Right. Uh, I like, look, love lunges and dumbbell rows, but after you watch it for 10 years, 
you can't do it anymore, right? So a little less exciting. Uh, so I started to transition out of the in-person stuff slowly. Uh, started to get my feet wet online, um, and then um, over the course of about two years, I just you know I was setting up my systems for my online business. Um, and by 2018, I was I was I was like, okay, I can step away from all this. I had an independent contractor at my gym who. Um, he wanted to take over the lease and buy my equipment. I'm like, super, this is perfect. Um, and it, but 2018, I went full-time online, which was great because it was, you know, two years before COVID hit and I was already set up. Uh, my business grew through COVID and, um, I just, I told you before we got on here, ironically enough, I, I leased an office space, uh, three years ago and, uh, they had a nice fitness center connected to this place and I was getting requests to do personal training again. And I kind of missed it as much as I just said, I started to loathe it after doing, I, I kind of missed it, you know, um, because as you know, being an online coach can be kind of a lonely existence. You're, you're emailing yeah. people a lot. Maybe you get on video and audio messages. I know I do a lot of that, but you know, th there's no personal interaction. It's like, I could use a change of pace. So I'll start doing some personal training again. And um, so I said, I'll do it five hours a week, you know, whatever. Well, I told you before we got on here, now I'm doing like, I'm, I'm like a three quarter uh, time in-person trainer again. I'm doing like 25, 30 sessions a week, but it works out beautifully because, you know, I'll get up four thirty, five o'clock. I'll work on my online stuff for about an hour. I'll train people from six thirty to noon in person. And then, you know, another two, three hours online in the afternoons and, and it, it's, it's worked out quite well. So I'm doing it all again. Yeah. It, and I mean, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, that is, there's so many ways we could go with this. And first yeah. off, I want to ask when you, when you were talking about WVU, was Huggy still, was Huggy there or no? No. Um, okay. Not it. Well, no, I was at Notre, I interned at Notre Dame, not, not West Virginia, but, but when gotcha. I was in, when I was, when I was going to seminars, West Virginia strength coach would come. What was the guy's name? Was it Al Johnston? I think his name was. That sounds um, right. Yeah. Huggins, yeah. Well, Huggins, you know, I mean, Huggins was still in Cincinnati at that time. It was, oh, it was yeah, at the tail. Right. Was just, that was right when he got his first DUI, right? So he was on his way out. But yeah, <laughs> so he was still in Cincinnati at the time when it's I was crazy. going to these that, strength and conditioning. That's how yeah. he found his way out this time too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not, not uh, anybody that knows knows people that know Bob Huggins, this is no surprise to anybody. So yeah, anyway. I still I, love Huggins. Oh yeah. I actually, I went to West Virginia and there's a place oh, okay. called, and there's a place called the fishbowl. And it's like, that was pretty much his spot every oh, single yeah. week. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's, there's <laughs> Huggins drinking stories in Cincinnati are legendary. So, oh yeah. I still yep. love him. I'll love him until the day I die. Hey, so It's part Everybody's of his character. It's part of his character yeah. and it's part of why we love him. He's human. Exactly. Exactly. Well, he's trying to get his job back, right? Is yeah. he like suing to get his job? That, that ought to be interesting. Hey, we'll everybody see. wants him back. That's the, that's the funny part. <laughs> but um, people love the guy. Absolutely love the yeah. guy. Yeah. And, Huggy bear. Um, but when you were talking about uh, like how eight to 10 years, like you hit that like burnout phase. It's so yeah. funny that you brought that up because like eight years was my cap, <laughs> like it, doing the doing the grind, and that transition is definitely definitely crazy because like behavior change is a whole other animal, and I'd love to really dive into that because that's really like with the online space where like the bread and butter seems to be, 
and yep. where I think so many people see the biggest change. So for you, when it was like that transition between in-person to online, and now we're kind of like at the point with both, what in that transition phase was like the big difference that you noticed that you had to work on between like the different experiences online versus in person? You essentially have to learn how to become an adult psychiatrist to a certain degree. That's, I mean, bottom line, that's the, that's the biggest yeah. thing. I mean, you're, you know, it's the whole, it's not what you're eating. It's what, what's eating you. And that's to a certain extent, that's, that's correct. And you're, you're having to peel back the onion on a lot of these people. Um, and, you know, I think our, our good uh, mutual friend, Aram, he, he made a post a while back that said, you know, if your mental and emotional health is not in a good place, you're never going to have success with weight loss and fitness and all that shit. You're just not. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I think I've evolved a lot in terms of this pseudo, uh, hack of a adult psychiatrist role, but that, that's the biggest thing. Cause you know, you know, you, you, you're a personal trainer, people come in, you're shooting the shit with them, you know, you take them through the workout, but you're not, you're not tracking their nutrition compliance. You're not, you know, you know, I got habit trackers set up all over my online platform that my clients are required to check in on every day. And, you know, and you, I, I have biweekly assessment forms that they fill out and I leave a spot for there's any, anything you want to tell me on the mindset side, of all of this, and then they'll start opening up. And then we get into discussions about how their, their mental health and emotional health is affecting their habits and, and whatnot. So that's the biggest thing is that to be an effective online coach, it's not just knowing about effective training principles and fat loss nutrition pr principles. That's, that's easy. That that's yeah. secondhand to, to all of us. It kind of gets into being the... relatable. Yeah. yeah oh, sorry. Being Go ahead. Relatable, being re it's being relatable to people. Um, and also, you know, finding the line between empathy and enabling and also knowing that these people hired you for a reason and tough love is going to tough love and honesty, not being an asshole to people, but I'm known for, you know, unfiltered fitness and fat loss information. And so, you know, I, I would be inauthentic if I didn't portray that with my clients because I believe in it. So, you know, my coaching style is, it's just like my athletic coaches growing up. Like I look at my best athletic coaches they were the ones that gave praise when praise was due. They were the ones that would not cut any shit when shit needed, you know, needed to, you know, hit the wall and they would hold you accountable. They would, you know, have very good X's and O's and knowledge. Um, and they were a blend of all of that, you know, and I, that's kind of how I coach people with, with fitness and nutrition. It's, I'll be your biggest fan and advocate when your behavior and compliance and consistency uh, and your and your actions line up with what you say it is you want to do. I'll be your biggest fan and advocate. I'm going to invest time into you. I'm going to over deliver to you. But when you're dropping the ball over and over and over again, you are going to hear about it. And that's that's just the way that I coach. And I just I don't have a lot of tolerance for, you know, weak minded people. I don't. <laughs> and I yeah. tell people. But here's the thing, Brian, like the way I. People that come to me, they already know what I am, who I am, what I'm about. And I don't have to do a lot. I mean, they, people know what they're getting into when they hire me. Because yeah. they've either, they're usually a referral from a current client 
or they followed my content enough to know that this guy doesn't fuck around. And, and, and I almost like people that talk about sales and, you know, how do you, you know, tell me about your sales process. I'm like, it's just fucking honest. And like, I, I, I wouldn't call it a sales process. I call it, it it's an anti-sales process. Yeah. Like literally people contact me and I, before I even get on the phone, I'm like, I got a drafted email. It's auto response. This is what this looks like. This is what you're getting into. This is what is expected of you. Um, and this is what it costs. And if you're not good with everything I just listed, we are not going to be a fit. So it's like, I try to get people not to sign yeah. up, <laughs> you know, and that's really it, but it, it's worked, yeah, out. You're it's worked out well. And again, most of the people that, yeah. most of the people that come to me, they, they already, they already know. And they're, they're kind yeah. of pre-qualified if you will, I guess. Um, but not to say I do have some, even though I tell people this, I, I, then I tell them, look, you know, when we get on the phone, after they go through the pre-screening part, after they get on the phone, I'm like, look, you know what this is going to involve. So don't come bitching to me two, three weeks from now and tell me how hard this is and how this and that and how you want to get out of your contract. Cause I got your credit card number. You ain't getting out of the fucking contract. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And honestly, like you knew what this was when you got into it. And it, yeah. it's worked out beautifully because everybody, well, not everybody. That's another thing we could go off well. on is you see all these, you see all these coaches online saying, all of my clients get these amazing results. And oh my God. no, they don't. In my experience, Brian, about, and I'll be perfectly honest with you, out of every 10 people I coach, three of them get really good results. That's it. I got a 30% success rate. And I think that that's probably uh, three times the success rate that most coaches have. Yeah. That's just, I, I don't pull like, no, most more people than, than, than not fail in my coaching program. They do because this is hard shit. Yeah. It's you not, know? it's not the, easy the most to change people, what like you've been idea, doing. They like the idea of the outcome. Mm -hmm. Um, they love, they love the, they love the thought of being lean and fit and all that stuff. But, you know, once they figure out what exactly goes into it, you know, that's different story. And, and for people to change, I, I say this a lot on social media in, it's like, until your, your problem, you hate, until you hate your problem more than you hate the solution to your problem and what goes into solving your problem, you're never going to get anywhere. Cause what we have now is a lot of people. I hate being overweight. I hate being lethargic. I hate not fitting into my clothes. I hate having metabolic syndrome, but I really fucking hate tracking calories and walking 10,000 steps a day and going to the gym three times a week. You can't have it both ways. You got to pick one you hate more and go with it. If you hate your problem more then you're going to do what's required and necessary to solve the problem and shut the fuck up about it. If you, if you hate the solution, then you're going to, you're going to, you know, be happier than a pig in shit to be overweight and out of breath and out of shape, yeah. but you can't have it both ways. But that's really what a lot of people, you know, and when they, again, they like the idea of the outcome. They don't yeah. like the work that goes involved. So yeah. it sounds I try great. My content, yeah. yeah. Through my content, I try to attract people that somewhat get it. So we have a yeah. successful relationship with one another. But again, three out of 10 people succeed. If you go yeah. to my website, you know, you'll see 50 before and after pictures. But keep in mind, I've been doing this shit for 25 years. That's 50 people, right? It looks like I'm a very, all my clients get results. They don't. That's, a, that's 50 out of 
500 people I've worked with. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's honesty. And I mean, like with you and like a ROM too, I think that's where you guys like, that's your like freaking superpower is like, you don't bullshit when it's so easy to try and like handhold. And I mean, I've a hundred percent been guilty of this because it's like a new coach syndrome of like, all right, it's okay. We're going to figure it out. Like, and there is a little balance to that, but at the end of the day, you can't bullshit people. You got to tell them like, Hey, no. this is what we need to do. Online coaching is, is an art form. Like I said, I, I'm not like when I, when I can tell people are really struggling and having a rough time, I am empathetic. And some yep. people really beat themselves up over nothing. And I'm like, Hey, look, man, show yourself some grace. I'm like, like I had a woman today. She's like, Oh my God, I'm up my, she had a biweekly assessment and you know, she's up three pounds from the last one. And she's like, her world's collapsing on her. Like, she's like, Oh my God, I'm up three pounds. I'm like, no, you're not, you're not, you haven't gained three pounds. I was like, you've lost 18 because that's, she was down 21. I said, you're, you're looking at it wrong. I said, show yourself yeah. some grace. I said, this fitness lifestyle is not what you do all the time. She went on fucking vacation. I'm like, what? yeah, of course. You're going to come back. Yeah. I'm like, this is, you know, the fitness lifestyle is what you do the majority of the time. It's how you identify the majority of the time. It's not what you do all the time. So then I teach, that's really what I try to teach a lot of people. I'm like, look, it's not the 70 or 80 days a year where you're on vacation or it's, it's the holidays or it's your anniversary or birthday or your kids' birthdays or whatever. It's not those 78 truly special days and occasions that are, that are your fucking problem. It's the other 290 days to where you're eating like fucking baby Huey and you're, you're dropping the ball. I'm like, we, I want you to get to the point to where you can have a guilt, you know, you can enjoy everything that's truly special, but people have a very hard time figuring out what's special. Wine Wednesday is not special. Taco Tuesday is not, that's not a thing, right? No. So Happy hour I every Friday people, with like, your coworkers yeah. is not special. But I tell them, I'm like, look, I said, in this process of, of this fat loss journey, I, I hate the word journey because for so many, if you look up the word journey, it, the, the exact definition is traveling, the act of traveling from one place to another. And all these people that say they're on a fitness journey, they forget about the to another part. They aren't doing what's required to get to another place. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm on a get out of debt journey, but I haven't gotten like I haven't made a dent in any of my debt yet. Like, no, yeah. you're just not doing what's necessary, you know, to get to get the outcome that you want. Yeah. But anyway, but I tell them, look, on this pro this fitness journey thing, this process, I said, there's nothing that you can enjoy. Provided that it's it's actually special, right? This isn't diet prison to where you can never have some drinks or eat a plate of nachos at a restaurant. You can, but that's, if we're being honest, like that's 20% of the year, maybe, you know, and that's what, so it's like, it's like people have this mentality, like, well, I gotta be, I gotta be perfect or I can't do it at all. I'm like, no, you, you need to be ruthlessly consistent. And I tell people it's 25 days a month. If you can do what I tell you to do 25 days a month and execute all these boring ass, tedious habits, you're going to be real happy. Okay. And if you don't, then you don't, you're not going to be happy. And you know, it, it's, I think also with online coaching, it's going back to the honesty thing. It's sh shaping people's expectations. Like I posted on Instagram two days ago. It's like, okay, if, if you're not willing, it's not a matter of able, if you're not willing to do what's necessary on the nutrition side of things, 
and you're, you're not going to be consistent enough, here's what you can expect in the way of progress. And I listed it. I said, best case scenario is you, you're, you're not going to get any worse. You're going to maintain your body composition and your body weight. You know, if you're, if you got one foot in and you're, eh, I have two good days of my nutrition and then blow it for four. If you're in that, you might be able to maintain your, your body composition doing that. So that's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is you're just going to continue to gain weight, but you might not gain weight at the same rate as you otherwise would have if you paid absolutely zero attention to it, which is what most people do. So it's like, you're either going to stay the same or you're just going to get incrementally worse over time. Really? That, well, I don't want that. I'm like, well, then fucking, you know, then increase your effort level. You have these expectations of weight loss and fat loss and seeing, you know, definition in your body, but your effort and execution suck. So based on what you're, you're willing to do and not willing to do, again, I tell people, this is what you can expect. Because after six biweekly assessments in a row where nothing's changing and I keep reinforcing the same message, they're like, oh, I, I, I'm not getting results yet. I'm like, that's because you're, you're ignoring what I'm telling you to do. And this is the sixth time in a row you say you're going to do it and you're not going to do it. So this is, these are the results that you can expect. It's either you're going to hang out in the same place or you're just going to get worse, just not worse as fast as you probably would if you weren't working with me <laughs> and yeah. paying zero attention. So, yeah. And it really just, again, it gets back to that, that honesty. And I love how you mentioned like people are like in this mindset of like, if I don't do it perfect, I'm not going to get results or it's not even worth it. Like, I can't even tell you, I think it's been like maybe three, four conversations in a row of that, where I like would just sit somebody down and be like, listen, I get it, but it's bullshit. Like you don't it's, need it's to it's be a perfect. Out. Yeah. No, it's a justification for their shitty habits. I'm all or nothing. Uh, well, you're nothing I mean, most you of the time. <laughs> Think about that. I mean, like if you have kids, do you parent all or nothing? Well, I mean, they're all in and I'm running around all the practices and I'm, I'm in the, in, in the, uh, in the uh, parent teacher association group and I'm throwing the big birthday parties or I'm just not getting out of bed and letting them try to fucking turn the burner on themselves and do their own laundry. No, you don't parent that way. So why are you telling me you're all or nothing with, 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 it's a dimmer switch, right? Yeah. It's not lights off, lights on. It's like there's varying degrees. Yeah. You dial it up a little bit in some periods and then you dial it down. And, yeah. you know, that can be seasonal. Exactly. You know, I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, there's only a few, and we're going off on a tangent, which I usually do, but there's only a few times during the year which are conducive to making really good fat loss progress. Like if you're a normal, typical adult with families and competing demands and spouses and jobs and, it's like you got to take advantage of those times in the yeah. fall, in my opinion, from September up to the start of the U.S. holiday season and, you know, late November with Thanksgiving. Like that that's the prime time to make progress because you're past the summer and all that comes. Well, vacations and cookouts and social. Yeah. I want to drink. And I OK, well, now we're not there anymore, you know, and it's also the period before the holidays to where people inevitably and should they're going to go off track with their diet and they want to eat food and celebrate with their family. So you got to take advantage of that time period. And then obviously the new year's thing is cliche. It is you got a period from January to May, which is also a progress season. That's a five month period, in my opinion. And then summer, most people are going to be more in a maintenance mode. So that's kind of how people should probably look at their year instead of thinking I got to be perfect all the time because you're not going to be and just have a 
a more logical seasonal mindset to all this stuff. Exactly. Kind of like, uh, like Dan John, where it's like the seasons of lifting, like just recognize the patterns where it's like, this is clearly going to be harder. Why make it harder than it has to be by dieting? Like eat well, feel good, but don't expect yourself to like drop every single week. No, no. And it's, I mean, we could, we could, we could riff on people have a really, really difficult time with, with what to do after a successful fat loss phase and maintenance phases and how to handle maintenance. Like people mess, you know, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but I get this a lot. No holds barred here. I have a lot of clients. Yeah. Like I have a lot of clients that, you know, have really successful fat loss phases and then they get into maintenance and they're like, well, you know, how do I maintain? And I got a real, I got a kind of a, uh, probably a, um, I would say a, a strange philosophy on telling people how to maintain the results. It's not what you hear from most coaches. Well, you got to reverse diet and then you got to this and that. And then we got to, you know, we're going to, we're going to up your calories, you know, this much every day of the week. I'm like, no, look, here's how you're going to maintain your results. You're going to continue to eat in a calorie deficit about four or five days per week. You're going to continue to track your food and use food scales and nutrition tracking apps and all that stuff. I said, and then, Two to three days a week, you're just not going to track. You're going to eat more. You're not going to use food scales. You're going to have more fun food. And, um, you know, let's say Monday through Thursday, you're tracking, you're in a deficit. Friday through Sunday, you're not. I said on Monday morning, your scale weight is going to be up two, three, four pounds. You're going to get back to the deficit eating for four days. Your scale weight's going to come right back down. Yep. That's how you maintain your recall. So it's just doing a lot of the same shit you were doing in fat loss, just not to the same uh, level of frequency or intensity as you were. I love that. And I'm like, would you, you like the sound of that? They're like, I love that. They're like, that way I can like eat on the weekends. I'm like, right. I said, that's how, that's why I like this approach versus telling somebody, okay, well, we're just going to up your calories by 600 a day across the board. Nobody fucking eats like that. And I don't think anybody in the, you can do that. You can do that. But then you, to have success with maintenance, you're going to have to track your food seven days a week. And I don't think people want to do that. Yeah. And I'll so, admit, I went way, down that route trying to get everybody yeah. to do a reverse diet. And when I tell you it's like pulling teeth, it's really hard. It really is. And there are a select few that can pull that off. But the majority, if we're talking about people in majorities, can't really do it. And that's why I like how you brought up like the whole like, I know there's this concept of like cheat days. That's a great maintenance strategy, but it's not a good weight loss strategy. No. Thank you for, that's a great topic for, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Cause I, I'm big on this too. This is my, the problem with people that diet is that they don't diet. Right. So they essentially just do what they should be doing to maintain their weight. Yep. <laughs> it's true. Cause most are it, gaining. It's the same thing. You, it, it, most people are gaining every year. The fact that they're maintaining is like actually progress. It is. And, and Brian, I think a lot of people need to come to that, <laughs> be honest with themselves and say, Hey, you know what? Progress for me is maybe not getting any worse because I really don't have it in me to do what's necessary to make progress, yeah. to make true progress, right? And I think that would be progress for most people if they came. But, but that's that's my thing. I tell people this all the time. I'm like, look, I have frustrated clients who, once again, they're, they're 50, 60% comply with their nutrition. They do great till Thursday night, and then it's a, it's a fucking horror movie for three days. And they're right back. They're, they're just losing and gaining the same two or three pounds every week. And they're like... Oh, I'm like, look, you came to me to make progress and all you're doing is doing what you should be doing to maintain your weight. I said, it's good that you're not gaining more weight because most people are, 
I said, but that's not what you got in this for, right? They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well then do me a favor. I said, put in about six months. Yes, I said six months of being 80% consistent with your deficit calories and your tracking, honest, accurate tracking. And I said, after that six months, you're going to be blown away. And I said, then you get to experience the very cool other side to this to where you can be the weekend warrior and eat, eat the food, have the drinks every weekend and enjoy that. I said, but you got to put the work in for a long time and earn that quote unquote balance. And it's not balance either. People think balance is like, you know, like a, a teeter totter. I got my hands up where it's perfectly level. It's one feeding fest day, you know, shitty diet day, stuff in your face counteracted with one quote unquote, I'm being good day. That's if you want to maintain your fat loss results, that's that that's not that's not balanced. It's always that teeter totter I'm talking about is always going to be up a little bit on the side of tracking, doing diligent, tedious stuff. I mean, that's what I'm saying. If you want to maintain your results, you're still going to have to, you know, moderate your food intake and have cognitive cognitive restraint in some form or fashion. Um, at least, you know, probably four days a week yeah. in order to maintain, you know, your, your success. Yeah. People like, I just got to get to that point of balance. I'm like, well, first of all, when you're trying, when you're in the goal acquisition phase of this, there ain't no fucking balance. I mean, you're, you're all on you're you got all your chips pushed to one side of the table. There's no balance involved. You know, you can maybe four days a month, you can, you can be off the plan a little bit. That's going to put you at 80% consistency. But you're going to do that for, for, you know, depending on where you start from, or where you want to go, maybe six to 18 months, right? Yeah. And then, then you can get a little bit more balanced with it and maintain your results. Yeah. Because you know what you, you know, can get away with. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's, um, you know, and I, I think as an online coach, and you probably feel the same, like I, my, my goal with clients is to take them from what I call from education to identity. So it's, it all starts with the education part of this. You have to, like, I have to, to educate these people on the principles of productive training and certainly nutrition. So before anybody, it's mandatory in my coaching program, you will go through an entire 10 days of continuing education before we even do anything. Because I want you to learn the philosophy. I want you to learn the whole system. So you are prepared. And if you're not willing to do that, we're not going to be a fit. So they all know that. So we start with the education and then we start working on habits. We, we're developing habits. I'm giving them the objective, you know, uh, goals to hit with several habits every day. They're marking it off. And as, then as you're, as, you're develop, as, you're, as you're building those habits, you have the knowledge. Now you're, now you're building habits. And after you've built habits long enough, now you're developing skills. Right. And then once you have this skill set going, you do that long enough. Now you have a new identity. You have a fitness oriented identity. And it, so that's the whole process. And that can take, like it or not, that can take a year or more. You know, and that's what people don't want to hear. Yeah. This is why all the quick fix shit is so appealing. If you really want to master this domain in your life, that's what it's going to take. You're going to, you're going to have to get educated. You're going to have to develop uh, or build habits. 
you got to, first of all, you got to identify the right habits and you got to have the right objective level of execution to hit, which this is why people need coaches. People, nine out of 10 people are never gonna be able to do this on their own. Mm. Right. So it's like, you know, invest the 10 bucks a day for a good fucking coach. You're spending that at Starbucks every morning anyway. Yeah. Right. And just curious, how but many, that's, that's really, how many times have you heard the the saying, I know what I need to do, to do. I just need to do it. All the time. Yeah. And the thing is it, it people, people say that all the time and it's like, it's not that you don't know what to do. And, and frankly, I don't, in, in some cases, you know, with all the, there's so much great information on Instagram, guys like you and I and Aram and hundreds of other really good fitness professionals. Mm -hmm. It's not that people don't know what to do. And it's not even really, I think that they don't know how to do it. Yep. It's that they don't valued yet, value it yet. And they have an application problem. Okay. And you're probably, until you get some account of outside accountability and you got some skin in the game financially, and you're willing to go through this process, you know, of from education to identity, you're, you'll net, you're, you'll never master this domain in your life and you'll continue to yo-yo diet forever. And I, but that's, I, I firmly believe that. And I do think that a big thing that does play a role is that people, I think, think it's going to be really hard in all the wrong ways. It's like, I'm going to have to do seven days of hard training. I'm going to have to do nothing but grilled chicken and broccoli. And it's like, no, the hard thing nope. is fitting like healthier habits, not that crazy, but like healthy ish habits into your lifestyle. That's the hard. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And it does, to your point, it doesn't like the training programs are right for people. It, Cause I, you know, I'm sure you're the same, Brian. Like I get a lot of people that come from this, F45 Orange Theory <laughs> yeah. CrossFit background to where it's like they're used to that style of training. And first of all, training and exercise isn't a weight loss method. Let's just get that out of the way. It's not. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'll write them these workouts and they're like, wait a minute, it, it's a it's an upper lower total three day program, and you want me to walk ten thousand steps every day? That's it. That's it. <laughs> I'm like, but you got to read the fine print. I'm not saying don't train hard. You got to train real hard. I said, your sets need to be close to failure. I said, there needs to be an emphasis on progressive overload. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I said, but you're not going to be, feel like you got hit by a steamroller and be like out of breath, dripping and sweat and exhausted. I said, it's not going to feel like F45 did. I said, we're going to lift heavy weight. We're going to put tension on the muscles. We're going to progressively overload. They're like, okay, cool. But yeah, but you got me resting like two minutes between sets. I'm like, yeah, like there's a reason for that. I'm like, this is going to be 180 degrees different from anything you've ever done for, for a reason. Cause like that people talk about Brian, like, well, there's, there's no, um, there's, there's no best diet or no perfect diet. And there's no perfect like workout program. Actually there is like, yeah. there is, <laughs> if we're being honest, if you look at what the evidence says and what we know works anecdotally as well. There is yeah. a, 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 if you're talking about aesthetic goals, there is a way to train and a way to eat. There just is. And it is the best way. Yeah. Now, whether or not you can actually sustain that is another matter. Although I would say if you actually gave it a fair shot, you would find that, that these approaches would be far more sustainable and far more enjoyable than anything else you've ever tried. Yeah.
And that, so. that would come down to prioritizing the results over what you want to do in the moment though. And I think a lot of people get tripped up on that because they're like, but this feels like I'm doing more in the moment, but it doesn't get you the results. Like all this sweating around and like jumping no, around and like F45 or the max, like they're just taking people for a ride. It's mindless mechanical work is what it is. And it, it, it's hard to explain this concept to people. People associate fatigue with good, good workout. But actually, you know what? If you want to get like a lot stronger and therefore look a lot better naked, you actually need to learn how to manage fatigue. Yeah. That doesn't mean you don't train hard. But doing 15 and 20 rep sets and doing 50 set workouts and never approaching a point to where your rep speed is slowing down and you're running from exercise to exercise and doing high knees and jumping jacks and bear crawls and shit and slamming medicine balls for no real reason. Yeah, you're going to feel tired, but it's a it's a bad tired. Yeah. Okay, you're not managing fatigue in your in your training. That's why, you know, most of most of my programming is very long rest periods so we can maximize the load you're lifting. You're recovered. We can put more tension on your muscles. We can re recruit higher threshold motor units and you know, if you're, if you're nailing your diet and training that way, all of a sudden you're going to be like, holy shit, I've never looked this way before. Yeah. Right. But it's a, it's a complete reprogramming of people of, because it is, it is a hard thing to explain to people. Yeah. But I, I thought I was supposed to be tired and I, fatigue's good. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, it is, but it isn't yeah. like muscular failure is good, but that doesn't mean like, I, like if you watch me train, it's go to muscular failure, very close. And I sit there on my fucking cell phone for two minutes before the next set. Yeah. I'm log booking every, and it's about eight to 10 total, total sets in a workout. It's the most boring thing you've ever seen in your life. Like yeah. I've had people ask me to come train, like, can I come train with you? I'm like, you're going to be bored out of your mind. Yeah, you can. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you what it looks like. Like it's mostly machine-based stuff. And it's like, reps between four and 10 on everything and just straight sets. And I got a notebook that I log book and I try to PR stuff. Yeah. Oh, really? I thought you would do like, you know, strip sets. I'm like, no, I don't do that really. Yeah. And it's, but it, it's, yeah. So it, it is, it, I'm glad you said that. Cause it's like, it's a, it's a hard thing to explain to people. Yes. You want to train hard, but you also got to manage fatigue and doing high reps and short rest periods and, all these boot campy things is, is not doing you any favors. Yeah. And I, it, you hear people brag yeah. 50 sets for glue. It's like, well, you didn't do it very well because there's no way, like you couldn't, you couldn't do 50 sets for glute. Like, are you, yeah, you could do 50 sets for glutes. If you're doing 10 rep sets with 20 rep weights, which is what most people do. Oh, I did a 50 set chest workout. Yeah. But you stopped at 10 reps on every set when you could have done 25. Like what, what why? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Like it makes no sense whatsoever. I know the gym that like I used to work at, we had like two sections. There was like a, what we call the fat blast, which was like a, like a boot camp style class. And then there was the strength training side and people are like, Oh, I want to go to fat blast. It's going to get me better results. And it's like, they would do squats with like a 26 pound kettlebell and they'd 
they yeah. do their thing, but then they'd come over to the strength side another day of the week and they'd be barbell squatting like 135 or something. And it's like, let's use our brain here. What's going to get you better results? What's going to put on more muscle? And when you're in a calorie deficit, what's going to end up resulting in you burning a higher percentage of fat? Logic goes a long way, doesn't it, Brian? It's like, <laughs> it's, 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 out, it's, it's just hilarious. It's, I just, you know, the people are, are so caught up in, in thinking that, you know, exercise is this big needle mover for fat loss. And it's just not, I mean, it, it's, it's just not, no. I wrote a blog article years ago. It was really popular where I actually examined and broke down theoretically how many calories somebody could burn in a week through exercise. And I just kind of said, you know, what the, for the typical person, okay, we're going to work out seven days a week for an hour. Three of them are going to be strength training sessions and then four more one hour steady state cardio sessions. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I calculated all the math and ran all the numbers and figured it out. And it's like a seven hour a week time commitment is going to result in maybe like 3000 calories burned. That's it. You know, it's not even a pound of fat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're pulling on the wrong lever, you know, period. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the book Burn by Herman Ponser? No, it's, I haven't. It's this guy. I recognize the name. Yeah, he's a uh, anthropologist and he went like to the, uh, no, no, wait, wait. what's that? Oh, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah he, I know what you're talking him about. Him and like a team went to go like uh, study these people that are still like one of the few hunter-gatherer societies left in the entire world. And they measured how many calories they burned. Right. And these people literally kill their food. I remember this. Now. Like they go out there, they are on their feet all day, right. burning up a ton of calories, you'd think. And then it turns out they only burn as much as we do when we sit on the couch at the same time, like on average. Because our bodies have a cap, a clear cap on how many right. calories they can burn in a day. But people think if they exercise right. for hours and hours and, and, and the hours, other thing you gotta, it's going to create some crazy calorie burn. It's not. It's not at all. No. And, and, and furthermore, you know, especially the high intensity stuff, the hit stuff. It's going, if you're trying to lose fat, it, that stuff's going to ramp your appetite. It's going to create so much fatigue and it's going to ramp your appetite up so much. It's silly. I'm like strength, train hard, heavy weights, moderate reps, longer rest periods, walk a lot. And then, yeah, maybe for, for, for heart health, you're going to do a little bit of zone two cardio, but it's for heart health. It's not for calorie expenditure, yeah. right? And it is great for I, that's cardiac my formula. I'm like, look, I'm lift three five days. But that's like it. Exactly. So I explain to my clients, I'm like, look, you're doing cardio because I want I want to see your resting heart rate lower over time. I said, that's what we're doing. It's for longevity. It's not for freaking calorie burning. So I mean that my general rule of thumb with training with almost everybody, it's like we're gonna lift three to five days per week. You might do 90 minutes of zone two cardio, and we're going to try to hit 70,000 steps a week. That's, that's the entire training program. And they're like, well, no hit, no, no boot camps, no battling ropes. No, none of that. Nope. nope. Why don't we just try this? And I said, I'm, I'm much more um, interested in what you do nutritionally than with this stuff. Yeah. This is that the exercise portion of this is just, you know. Yeah. Cause I mean, when we get into the whole like discussion of like boot camp, it's almost like the same thing as like a cheat day. It's like 
with this hit and stuff like that. It's great for a maintenance strategy. If you're just trying to like kill some time, spend some time with friends, be in a community and create longevity in like enjoying the process, Fine. it's great. But if we're talking fat loss, it's just not it. No. And I have plenty of people that just, I, I understand that they go, they go to, there's this one woman. Have you heard of this, this group, this, this studio called AKT? No, I got to check it out now. You've heard of this place? Oh my God. Oh dude, dude. It's, it's, there's one right up the street from uh -huh. me. It's next to a whole foods and it's like, Pro it's obviously marketed to females, 30, 30, you know, 30 plus moms. Mm -hmm. And they do like hula hoops and hang from like bars and like, and when it went in, I'm like, I told, I told my girlfriend, I said, mark my word, that place will be out of business in six months. And sure enough. So I'm like, I'm like, this is, it, it's a total way. And it, it's a total waste of time. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, it, it, people, people really have a hard time grasping. It's like, look, man, this is an efficiency issue. Like you, you can actually, you can get on elliptical trainer for 90 minutes and, and net maybe 500 calories burn. I said, but you can eat that 500 calories in literally under five minutes. Yeah. So you got, you got 90 to burn it and five to put it back in. I said, the, the best lever to pull on if you're, if you're serious about losing fat is the nutrition end of this thing. Yeah. So until you get that straight, yeah, you're not going to have, you're not going to have any success. And I think that's why, like when it comes like holiday time and you see those charts that are like, 50 burpees for an Oreo or like whatever. It's like as horrible as that is for mental health around food, it does prove a point that like your best bet is just to control the food. That doesn't take any time. No, <laughs> right. It's literally going Not from eating this to mm, that <laughs> like half a second. Yeah. You know, the, the, the other thing we can hit on, it's, I mean, by far, and I'm sure you would agree, consistency is the biggest issue people have with all this. Yep. And I get into discussions all the time with people about, you know, why I don't know why I'm not consistent. I don't know why it is I'm not doing this work that I say I want to do. And I just want to go back to the honesty part of this. I'm like, you know, I don't think we need to bring in like Tony Robbins or a, a psychiatrist or like a, a witch doctor to figure out why. You're not doing this work. Maybe it's maybe the simple answer is you just don't want to. You know that's fair. If you don't, <laughs> we don't want to, to, it's okay. I don't think we need to, you know, <laughs> put you on the couch, the the psychiatry couch, and try to dig deep into your childhood as to why you don't want to. You know, yeah. weigh some food. And go, maybe you just don't want to. Maybe once again, you like the idea of 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 an outcome, but you really don't like the idea of the work that goes into getting the outcome. And it's just as simple as that. And until, cause you do, you prioritize what you value. And until you get to the point where you actually value this, and again, are willing to go through that process of learning, developing habits and skills, and then creating an identity, it's, it, it's never going to fall into place for you ever. So, you know, the consistency yeah. thing is always like, I don't know why I'm not consistent. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't think you care about this as much as you say you do. Let's just get, let's yeah. start. It starts with getting honest and taking ownership about where you are with this and then yeah. adjusting expectations accordingly or adjusting effort accordingly. 
Cause it's like all, all the fit pros, like we're not some like crazy people that like live absurdly easy lifestyles. It's like, we prioritize it, like break out the calendar. And by the way, it blows my mind how many people don't have a calendar. Like, I don't know how they function. I really don't, but like, I don't either. You don't. No, oh, no, I, oh, I don't know how they function. Oh, I, mean, no I was like, holy crap, that's incredible. I don't even know how you would live that way. But it's like, I can't but it's like, if you want to know your top priorities, break out your calendar and your freaking bank statement and boom, there you have it. And if you want to make We're a watch in the wall, yeah, if you, if you want to make a change, that's the first place, not convincing yourself. I got to get motivated. I got to do this. It's like, no, break out your calendar and block out an hour. Or if you don't have an hour, block out 30 minutes. To your point, Brian, people have absolutely no structure in their lives. No. These are grown adults who, who somehow, it's always, it always interests me. We deal with a lot of people who clearly have had a lot of success in other areas of their lives. Yeah. You know, they run big businesses. They're, they got great jobs. They have high level degrees. But it's like when it comes to this stuff, they have no structure whatsoever. And they don't have, have the foggiest clue sometimes, like how to get it. Like talking about, hey, on Sunday, pre-plan, look at your week ahead. Let's identify, number one, do you have a, do you know what your week ahead looks like? <laughs> like a lot of people don't. They just get up and it's like, well, what's going on today? Like, let's get some structure and identify, okay, Wednesday, I got this, this and that. And then we're going to place your workouts in there. And like, if I didn't live that way, I have systems for everything in my life. Like it's, it's groundhog day every day. And I love it because if it wasn't that way, I'd be in a mental hospital. Yeah. I have to operate. I have to operate according to systems. Yeah. Or I, but it's like, people just don't, I'm like, I tell people all the time that are struggling with the nutrition part. I'm like, look, one of the biggest suggestions I can give you and biggest tips I can give you, I said, start pre-tracking and pre-logging your food in the nutrition tracking app that, that we use in my coaching. Say said, start, it louder for the people in the back. Before. Say it, you got to say that, like scream it from the rooftops. <laughs> yeah. It's like pre-log and pre-track your food for the next day. So when you get up in the morning, I said, literally go through, think about what do I have in the house? And well, number one, if you don't have it in the house, you might want to start there and go to the grocery store yeah. once or twice a week. <laughs> okay. What, what do I have in the house? What am I going to eat tomorrow? Okay. What's my protein source for, for, for meal one tomorrow? Put it in your in your MyFitnessPal or whatever. Get the amount right to where you get a decent amount of protein. Okay, what's my carb for that meal? Whatever it is. Plug it in, get the amount right. What's my fat source, if there's a fat source? Plug that in. Okay, meal one, done. Done. Boom. Let's go to meal two. And then you wake up the next day with a, a framework. Now, you, you might have to pivot. Stuff happens. But at least you have a template of some something to go off of to where you're like, well, what the fuck am I going to eat today? Yeah. You know, you're setting yourself up and it takes 10 minutes. Yeah. And that's the, going back to the skill set thing, Brian, it's like the more you do that kind of stuff, the less tedious and time consuming it gets. Mm -hmm. I mean, like for me, tracking nutrition is mindless. Like I put my, I don't know if you see it, but I put my meals, all of my meals, at least four times a week on my Instagram stories. And all that takes me, it takes me longer to put it on my Instagram stories than it does to actually weigh and measure and track it. Yeah. Because these apps do everything for me. Like I might have, I might have 10 minutes a day tracking my food. Yep. 10 minutes involved. And that, they it. literally have copy and paste functions. I'm like, once it's in there, you're good. Yeah. 
dude, you got custom meals, custom foods. That's the other thing I tell people. I said, look, if you really want to save yourself some time, I said, every time you go to the grocery store and buy something new, you know, you, you buy a new kind of microwave rice pouches or whatever. You're going to put that in as a custom food and your nutrition tracking app. So I said, over the course of a few months, you'll develop a database of food. So where it's just plug and play, man, like it's in people have the hardest time. I really try to teach people even how to, how to, how to design a, a basic meal. Yeah. People don't know how to do it. I'm like, look, if you want to, I said, you want to eliminate decision fatigue. I said, so here's the formula. And this is what I teach people. I'm like, look, you want about, you want to build your diet around about 10 to 12 total foods. Total. I said, so it should take you about 10 minutes to grocery shop for yourself. I know it does me. Now, if you've got a family, obviously that's not the case, but if, if I had to go for the store for myself, it would take me 10 minutes to get in and out of there. Yep. So I'm like, pick four sources of protein. I don't care what they are. Uh, liquid egg whites, chicken, Greek yogurt, and protein powder. Bam. Done. Now pick four sources of carbs whatever it is, pick one or two fat sources. I said, there's your, there's your 10 foods, right? I said, now, because the blowback you'll get is, well, I need more variety and I need, you know, I'm going to get bored with my food. Okay. Well, here's the next tip. Buy every time you go to the store, buy like two, two new different seasonings or rubs, spices. And I said, every time you go to the store, in addition, buy like one new low or no calorie condiment, right? So it's like the process of designing meals then becomes what's my protein source out of these 10, you know, out of these 10 foods I have, I'm going to develop like a handful of go-to meals from those 10 foods. And then every time I eat, I'm going to say, what's my protein source? What's my carb? If I'm having a fat, what's my fat? What am I going to season this with? And what low or no calorie sauce or add on or condiment am I going to use on it? That's there. That's how you design meals. It's that easy. So like if you have all these spices and rubs and seasonings and condiments, you have unlimited variety. And then if you get, if you do get sick of a food source, just rotate in something new. Yeah. You get sick of cob, go to grilled chicken, whatever. I, I don't care, but it's really that easy. Like what's my carb? What's my protein? What's my fat? What am I going to season it with? What, what sauce am I going to use on it? You can make chicken and rice about 500 different ways. Cause I've done it. Yep. And you can start playing around and get creative with, make it fun. Like, well, one of my, I like coming up. Yeah. One of, one of my favorite Sorry. things with like the variety argument is like, all right. So when you say you want variety, what do you naturally gravitate towards? And it's usually like something like junky kind of food where it's like tacos or like burgers or something. And it's like, cool, make that at home. And that's your variety right there. Mm -hmm. And you can make it a lean source of meat instead of the like 50, 50 burger you get at like McDonald's or something. Yeah. Yeah. It, here's, here's another thing I also, in, in addition to, to teaching people how to design meals in that way, again, again, according to their calorie limit and protein needs and all that stuff. But I also tell them, I got this from Jared Hamilton, which I, th I thought he's was great. great. He's great. And I, I, I picked this up from him. He, he said, okay, I start with clients. I'll be like, what one food do you absolutely love and, and would, would just have to have in your diet if you could? And they'll tell me. But okay, I said, you can have 300 calories of that or any other thing you deem bad or fun food or off limits. I said, you can have 300 calories of any of that stuff every day. Okay, is, is, would you like that? Oh, hell yeah, I'd like that. Great, you can, you can have it. But you know, that's only going to be about 15, 20% of your calories. 
but it, it, but it then gets rid of that good fed good food bad food mentality and oh yeah this isn't so bad because i can still have lucky charms every night or i can still have a half a pint of halo top salted caramel ice cream or whatever it so is so underrated that stuff right? is so delicious they, yeah, I'm a fan. Well, I'll tell you what I like now even better is just the straight up briars, no sugar added. Oh, I got to try cream. that. I've been on a Yasso kick Dude, lately, but I got to try that. Yeah, those are good too. But the volume of ice cream you can get of this briar stuff, it's massive. Like I like I got, when we get off of here, a matter of fact, I got a whole <laughs> gallon of it up there. I got about 500 calories left. I'll, I'll get like three quarters of yeah. a gallon of ice cream for 500 calories. It's great. But uh, you, know, you sprinkle some some low calorie cinnamon and sugar yeah. on that. It's awesome. I love how you brought that well, up. That's what I'm saying. Like, I really do because that's oh, what yeah. makes this whole thing enjoyable. Is like, wait, so I can have this yeah. and still lose weight? You can. You absolutely can. Now it can't be more because you know you you run in if it. I always say if that type of stuff is more than about twenty percent of your calories, you're going to have a really hard time uh, staying yeah. sated, you're be so hungry, and controlling hunger. Yeah. You're going to be ridiculously hungry, but you can absolutely have some of those low volume, hyper palatable, fun foods. Again, uh, probably two to 300 calories a day for most people is going to be a limit on that. And then the rest of it has to come from quote unquote, dare I say it, clean sources. Yeah. But that formula works really well. And like psychologically, I know I look forward to my last meal every night because I know it's going to be, I do some type of protein yogurt sludge where I'll have fruity pebbles or lucky charms mixed in with Greek yogurt and protein powder. Or frosted mini. That sounds good. <laughs> or tonight I'll do ice cream instead. Yeah. But I've, I've I've quantified everything up until this point, right? I've used food scales. I've been using the nutrition track. I'm going to cut right now. I've been using nutrition tracking app all day. So I'm doing that boring ass tedious leg work. But that I know we're going to wrap up soon. But I want to end with yeah. I want to end with this. It's like when it comes to the quantifying your food counting calories, tracking macros thing, you can have one or two, one of two attitudes. Your, the first attitude can be, this sucks. This is tedious. This is obsessive. I don't want to do this. This is too much work. Or you can have the attitude that this is going to allow me to still incorporate foods that I enjoy. It's going to allow me to maximize the amount of food that I can eat and still lose fat. And I'm building a skill set that's going to serve me for the rest of my life. So you can pick either one of those, but I guarantee your results will, will reflect which attitude you have towards that stuff. Yep. Because qualitative nutrition only goes so far. It has a very short shelf life. Trying to eat better, trying to eat clean, trying to do better, trying to eat more protein, trying to eat more fruits and vegetables, all of that arbitrary stuff, you might get a little bit of results for a while and then it's going to dry up. And then once it dries up, unless you choose to go to a more quantitative, precise strategy, you're not going to, you're not going to see any more progress. I wish it was that easy to where we could just try to eat clean. That's what gets measured gets managed. And if you're serious about, dare I say it, op I hate the word optimal, but optimal progress and consistent progress, you're going to have to do that stuff. Yeah, you are. I wish the qualitative stuff worked, but it doesn't. Not not for long. If you're a complete tire fire and your diet is just abysmal, yeah, trying to eat better, you probably can drop a fair amount of weight early on just doing some of these cutesy things. 
but it, it has a short shelf life and it has a point of diminishing returns. And when that happens, you better embrace tracking your food. Sorry, you're just going to have to. It's like being in debt and saying, I'm going to try to spend less money. I'm going to try to be more price conscious. What does that even mean? Or if, if you don't feel $100,000 in debt, you'd be a hell of a lot better off like monitoring your bank statements and your PayPal statements and your credit card statements and like allocating money in different accounts and, and, and in envelopes and knowing how much money's coming in and what's going out and, and tracking it. You're going to get out of debt a lot faster that way versus saying, oh, you know, I think I'll just spend $500 this week on Amazon Prime versus the usual thousand that I was spending before. Yep. You're not going to get out of debt doing that. You know, I, and I think that's another area where people really struggle with is that their idea of what should be resulting in progress is is so far disconnected from what actually results in progress. It just doesn't cut it. They're like, but I'm doing so much better. You are. You absolutely are compared to what you were doing, but it's still not good enough. I'm not saying it's not great that you've made some strides, but there is a certain level of execution and consistency that is required to see things move in the right direction. And it, you're still not there yet. I bet you you can be. But just because you think it should be resulting in something doesn't mean it's going to. Yep. You know, just because it's a hell of a lot better than what you did in the past doesn't mean that it's, it's going to, you know, match your expectation level for the results that you think you should be getting yet. Yeah. It just comes down to for this result, you got to do this, this, and this. And if you don't, don't be upset if it doesn't happen. But And that's fine. Yeah. That's fine if you don't want to do that. But then let's also talk about going back to what we talked about early on. Let's talk about what you can't expect. Well, I don't like that either. Well, I don't know what to tell you then because you don't like what you're going to get based on what you're willing to do, but you're also not willing to do more to actually get what you want to get. So but this is where a lot of people are with yeah, this stuff. It's the disconnect. It, it yeah. is. It's like, you know, it's great that you ate one grilled chicken salad last week when you, you typically don't. And it's great that you got on the elliptical for 20 minutes twice last week when for the last 30 years, you didn't do that, any of that at all. But don't be flabbergasted that, you know, you don't see veins in your abs yet. That was one week and there was, you know, that's a good little start there. Or, well, I, I, I've heard this before. You know what? I only, I only got DoorDash three times last week. I'm like, I, I, this was a real conversation I had with a client. Yeah. I'm like, well, how many times in the past were you getting DoorDash? Oh, like, like two, twice a day. I'm like, huh. But she thought because, and I, 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 I you know, and I propped her up. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, I said, it's really awesome for your great for your progress. It really, like habit-wise, that's incredible. It is. But she was, uh, she still didn't understand. I'm like, well, what did you order from DoorDash? She's like, well, I got a 15-piece chicken tender and um, like truffle fries from this. I'm like, well, you know, you're a 170-pound female. That that was probably three days worth of cow. So, but it is, it's this educational process yeah. that you have to take people. And through. that's the real value. And like, cause um, we've, we've ones, been talking a lot about tracking and everything. That's probably like the biggest value there is not even just like eat this many calories. It's what are you getting from these foods? Yeah, exactly. Cause a lot of people have exactly. no idea. Like they guesstimate like this isn't that bad. Right. And then you put it in the tractor and you're like, holy shit. Well, that's like that's like uh, the story. Of, I think Ram told you this story when you had him on the pod. 
he talked about his mother and her like you know her she's making a salad and like <laughs> mom show me how much dressing or olive oil you usually put on that salad and, and rom's like that's like 10 servings that's like 700 yeah. calories with a salad dressing yeah. I, it's like people have no yeah. idea. I call that the Italian. No, I call I, it the Italian drizzle, the blindfold, just like like go. <laughs> going, going blindfolded. Yep. yep. <laughs> but but it is it's an education and a skill set that you have to be willing to undergo and embrace, and it takes it takes quite some time. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, you you walked. You know, I I, I say this all the time too. It's like you know, when you were putting on all this weight, you didn't have a timeline for that. And you, you weren't real concerned about the rate that you were putting on the weight, but now you seem real concerned about the timeline to get it back off and how quickly you're losing it or not losing it. I said, let, once again, let's be logical here. I said, you got to a bad spot. Just, it just kind of happened based on your shitty lifestyle habits. Now let's let your, let's let the progress kind of happen based on your commitment to new healthy lifestyle habits. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you walk 50 miles into the woods. There isn't like a fat loss Uber that you can call to come pick you up right now and drive you to your desired destination in for 20 bucks and a 10 minute ride. That That's not how this stuff works. It's marketed that way by a lot of unscrupulous people, yep. but it's not how it works <laughs> whatsoever. It's like prime now. Like, have you ever seen the, uh, the skit with that guy? He's like, I want it now. Prime now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I real quick, I, I had another just going 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 down this road. I, I had another post. It's like I read that the Amazon Prime Day this year was like the biggest they've ever had. It was like I don't know how many billion was spent. <laughs> but most of those people did it on, you know, you, you can pay later. You get what you want right now, and then you can make installment payments down the road to pay for it. That's how a lot of people think. It's just a reflection of our society, yeah. right? In general, that's how a lot of people think the weight loss and fat loss thing, the body transformation thing, should work. I deserve it right now, and I, but I, I want to pay for it later. I'm like, no, this is like old school layaway at like fucking TJ Maxx in 1988. Like, we'll hold it for you, but you're going to pay us in, in yeah. increments, and then we're going to give it. And to you, you know, it's that's how this. Stuff you know, works. it's funny. I like I have a firm for my coaching services. And the amount of people that are like, yeah, I don't, I don't really like to finance, but it's like, really, are you sure? Cause yeah. Amazon says different. <laughs> we use the exact same yeah, affirm. Exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious, <laughs> but it is what it is. It yeah. is what it is. <laughs> but to put a cap on this, cause I can't let you get out of here without asking the question. I ask every single guest because it pretty much tells us, was this guy worth listening to or not? So are you ready for it? All yeah. right. What's your favorite movie and why? The Departed. Wow. I love the quick answers. The bang. Got it. And it's solid I, choice. That's an easy one for me. So yeah, it's um that's probably I mean, I'm a movie buff, but the departed is one of those movies. If I'm rolling through my Apple TV library, I can't scroll through it. You know, I'm gonna watch it again. I probably watched it 80 times, but just I'm a big I'm why is because I'm a big crime real life mob aficionado and not like i read yeah. all the whitey bulger books why so when i knew nicholson's character was based on whitey bulger 
I was like, I was fixed. And then of course you got, I love Wahlberg. I love uh, Martin Sheen. I love all those, that the entire cast, DiCaprio, whole cast is amazing. Yeah. So you take the cast and then my, my, um, or, you know, my underlying interest in all things mob, particularly the Boston Irish mob. I love Boston. I love visiting there. I love everything about Boston. I love that Irish. I'm, my name is Patrick. So St. Patrick and it's, you know, I have like 25% Irish blood. For the longest time, I thought I was like half Irish. That turned out to be wrong when I did Ancestry DNA. Yeah. I was bummed. Damn. But yeah, so the departed, the departed, hands down, is, is my favorite. Very solid. And actually, speaking of mob stuff, have you ever seen the Untold uh, series on Netflix? So I just watched Johnny Manziel. Yeah, last there's night. one there with um, this hockey team that was actually given to the son of the guy who's supposedly the real life Tony Soprano. I watched it. Yeah, I watched it. So good. That was great. So good. That was so good. It was that minor league hockey team. Was that yep, that the, one? Um, Danbury yeah, Thrashers, was, I think it was. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That, yeah, that was an awesome. They, they, yeah, they were rough next, yep. man. They, that, was, that, was a, that was a great show. I, I actually watched that with my girlfriend, and she doesn't really understand the whole, like, how hockey operates. And she's like, they just fight yeah. in the middle of the game. And I'm like, it's part, it's oh, part yeah. of the sport, babe. But they just do it way more than everybody else. Yeah, that was a great yeah, show. Absolutely. And actually, one last thing with The Departed. I got to tell you, I literally just learned like it's, you know, the joke where he's like, I'll take a cranberry juice. And he's like, what are you on your period? Yeah. Your period <laughs> I didn't realize yeah. that that joke is even funnier than it actually is because cranberry juice is actually like an old wives tale for UTIs, not even for your period. So the guy was like yeah. wrong I in two ways. That. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, I did know about the UTI yeah. thing, but yeah, one of the best lines ever. <laughs> but on that note, that's a great way to end this. But thank you so yeah, much for coming on, PG. I really, really enjoyed thank you, everything Paul. that you covered. You like, I, I hope everybody listening like took notes because there was so much here, and I like, I feel like we could have gone on for two hours, honestly. So. Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily. So thank you so much. Now, if anybody is new to your stuff, like hearing you for the first time, where can they find themselves more PJ? Yep. Instagram is at PJ street. My last name is spelled S T R I E T. Um, and then my website, um, that's PJ street, Instagram, Twitter, coach PJ street, Facebook, and then, um, revive fitness systems.com is my company website. Awesome. Awesome. And for anybody who is coming from PJ's side and is new to the podcast, highly recommend checking the one that me and Aram did because it's very much in line with everything that we just talked about. It's such a good episode too. Yeah, Aram, Aram is my man crush. <laughs> hey, same here. <laughs> I want to, I want to change his name to Nikita Koloff. Remember that wrestler? Oh no, no, I'm not familiar. You gotta, when you get off of here, look up Nikita Koloff. It's, it's a rock. Okay. I'll, I'll have to look it up. Yeah, he was, a, he was a Russian wrestling character. He's great. Okay. Nikita. I'll make a note of that. All right. Now, for anybody listening that is like, where do I find all this stuff? Don't worry. I'm going to put it all in the show notes, make it easy on you guys. You just go down there and click. So again, thank you, PJ, for coming on. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope everybody has an amazing rest of their week. I'll see you guys next week. Later. Later.
Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and you're a new listener, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss another episode. And if you're a returning listener, I would love your feedback. If you could take two seconds to just leave a quick review on iTunes or Spotify and rate the show, that would be greatly appreciated. So thank you in advance and have a great rest of your week. Thank you.